SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The early line giving you the edge on sports grid dane martinez and kevin walsh hour number two and kev we talked about baseball in hour number one we have big things to discuss here we got an nba finals game one which will tip off we'll look at all the ways to skin that cat whether it's in the game bets some of the futures bets for this series and we have nfl football to discuss you know as we start to get into week four we'll talk about some injuries we'll talk about some games where you gotta watch out for the hook and big news in the nfl yesterday we'll have to talk about that affects you know it could be one team it could be two teams it could be four teams we'll talk about that moving forward but let's get into the nba here because game one will in fact pop off tonight uh nine o'clock eastern time there has been a little movement on this one kev i saw five five and a half for most of the time it is down to four and a half the total stays at 217 and a half if you like the heat maybe on a money line you can get it at plus 166 the lakers have been in kind of dog fighting game ones of series before most notably with portland but these teams are pretty rested they got it done over the weekend and because of football and all sorts of other things game one is here wednesday i don't want to ask you right out the gate for like your lean or your play here kev what i want to ask you instead because you are so plugged into this as you are watching this in the first quarter in the first half what are some things you're going to be looking for to see like oh this is kind of the style of play Miami wanted. Or, oh, LeBron is doing what he wanted to do. What are going to be some of the indicators of that? Could it be potentially like if Anthony Davis is playing from in the post or from outside? Could it be who is matching up in rotations on LeBron? What are some of the things you're going to be looking for early on? You hit it right there. It's the second one for me. I really want to see how the Heat approach guarding LeBron and how effective it is. If you think back to the Rocket series, we said Robert Covington was Mm. their best option to defend LeBron and Anthony Davis, which made it difficult because you only guard one of those guys. Right. Is not Bam Adebayo the best option to guard everybody? No, so so that's the thing, though. (laughs) But I think Bam might be the best option to guard both of these guys because, you're look, we're going to hear a lot about Andre Iguodala. Right. It's not, it's not the same Iguodala. It's just not the same Iguodala. I mean, there's a reason no, why Jay Crowder five starts years ago over. where he was at, right? Exactly, right? And Jay Crowder, by the way, starting to lose a little bit of his minutes. The hot shooting that he was providing this Heat team looks like he got hit with the regression wall, like, stick by a zillion. <laughs> I mean, Mike, yeah, it looks like he got beat up by a regression stick. Like, it's crazy how much that's, like, come back down. And if he's not hitting threes... Can he stay on the court? And even hit Jay Crowder to stop LeBron James. Like, I don't feel great about that. Right, right. The obvious answer I think you're going to hear a lot about is Jimmy. Now, Jimmy has for years tried this assignment. It's hard. It's LeBron, okay? And even if, let's just say, he can bring it down. You already know where I'm going with this, Dane. He can bring I this do. down a bit. What does that then mean for the offensive two ways that you is going to have right. to carry, right? So now, and at the end of the day as well, we know the way the NBA is. You can, you can nine times out of ten, if I get a, enough pick and rolls, I might be able to switch. So this is where I'm already starting to think that 
the Heat might come out in this vaunted zone that they've been getting praised for during the postseason. But if the and you got to think the Lakers have been prepping for it. If the Lakers can find gaps in the zone, I don't know their approach to guarding LA. Mm. Yeah, and that's like that's the beauty of game one, right? We're gonna start to see how what the game plan is, what the strategy is, right? And I'm very intrigued by that as we welcome in our radio audience from around the country, including, you know, some people out there in LA that may be listening with a vested interest with the mightier ten ninety. Kev, let me ask you, you know my thesis as it comes to the totals in these games as the playoffs go along even as games go along into the fourth Mm -hmm. quarter if they are close we get half court possessions i know these teams are good in transition but we get more and more half court possessions i don't know that we're going to see bam Adebayo or lebron james with as many chase down blocks in Mm -hmm. this one as it continues to get tighter i see a total at 217 and a half is this any play for you i lean towards the under I think that these are two very good defensive teams. This is the NBA Finals. Possessions should be tight. I will say this. There is a... an ultimate. I probably won't be betting this total in Game 1. Like, you can feel it out, man. We got... Like, listen, we got at least four of these things. And most people would expect we'll have more than that, right? The Lakers and the Heat love their transition baskets. Love their transition baskets. And if those start to come, well, that's how you get totals jumping, jumping, jumping up, right? And we saw last series, LeBron starting to drive a bit more, trying to force the ref's hand at some calls. We know AD likes to try to live at the line. So does Jimmy Butler if there's a ton of free throws. This could be a game that gets into the 220s, maybe even the 230s, and you're looking at it and you're like, it's a little sloppy. How are there so many points? Because the possessions are quick. It's transition ball. It's forcing turnovers that get you out. Because the Lakers are going to throw zone probably at Miami as well. Quick hands, high hands. We're running the other way. Foul, stop the clock, get points. So this is a total I lean towards the under. And I wouldn't be surprised, by the way, Dane, if it goes the total other way. And we're like, wow, I can't believe 202. Right, 93-86 or something like that. Right. They played a game this year that was 95-80. to There you go. So, like, right. So it's season. interesting. Right. And things are only, as I say, as we get along, going to get a little bit tighter. I have so many more questions for you about game one, about this entire series. Okay. And we will do that. Not the least of which is like, where's your rooting interest? You've been all over the heat and all over LeBron <laughs> for the last few months. We'll find out about that when we come back on the early line. Sports Grid. Get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Hey, welcome back in, everybody, right here onto the early line, Dane Martinez and Kevin Waltz. And, you know, what's so great is I have the opportunity to pick Kevin's brain every morning about this. If you have been following him on in-game live, he's been giving out props. If you have been, you know, on February, he talked about this as the NBA Finals matchup. I was with him on parts of it, but this is my resident basketball expert. So I got to ask him a couple of questions still. You mentioned that most people believe we're going to see at least four games in this one. So I want to ask you about that because they have the market for the exact series score and the number of games. And I thought it was intriguing, Kev, yesterday when we kind of gave a cursory look to this that, you know, five games and seven games were pretty much the same number or like 10 cents of difference, right? So that says to me that smart people think this could be the gentleman's sweep or as competitive as possible. Where do you flow on this? I know you like LeBron. I know you love the Lakers, you know, but you've been riding with Miami as well and had made the point previously like, hey, they've only lost like two games all playoffs. Mm -hmm. How long do you think this series goes? So, man, and I don't know if you know the full scope of it, but like if someone told me what team do you have allegiance to, it would be the Miami Heat. It's all, it's right, because you're very an early twisted. baby LeBron lover, right? Right. Like, not it's one, all not twisted. two, not three. Yeah. And I stand by it. We're coming for seven. It just wasn't all in Miami. <laughs> Don't you worry about it. Um, which is a shame, but it is what it is. This is a thing where I, we kind of had a conversation about this the other day. It's like if I tell you the Lakers are going to win in four or five, it sounds disrespectful. But the yeah. odds boost that's available actually at the FanDuel Sportsbook of the Lakers to win the title in four or five games went from plus 105 to plus 150. I think taking up taking them up on their odds boost would likely be how I want to play it. Might it go six? Could it even go seven? Yeah, again, like we've said, like this is a Heat team we just don't want to really be counting out. This is a team that has stayed, you know, they've won every series. What am I talking about? They've stayed competitive. They've won every series they've been in. Right. They've lost the same amount of games as the Lakers, right? And you know, some people might argue that they had a tougher matchup in each Tougher round competition. You can even say tougher competition, yeah. So, you know, if you think this game's, you know, this is a series destined to go seven, go for it. You know, if this is a, this is a six either direction, plus 230. <laughs> I, I really, I, I can't argue okay. against any, but any, literally, there's four options. I understand right. the argument for every single distance that you think this might go. All right, so maybe then that is not the market to play in if people really do. And that's what I thought. It was odd that five and seven were like within 10 cents of each other, right? And I think that's yeah. the story that that market is telling. And it seems like you agree. One of the places you have been dead on balls accurate, it's an industry term, if you know about Marissa Torme, um, is in the prop market, right? So talk to me about the prop market here, whether it's game one or something like value for the finals MVP, you know, because mm. on... Here's my thoughts on both of those. For game one, you've been having like this I question, right? Will they use Bam on AD or LeBron? Well, that has to impact your thoughts on some of the Lakers' props, right? And I have similar mm -hmm. questions about some of the Heat's performances. I go right to the good old combination of Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero for things like made threes, for things like points. Tyler Hero is, you know, uh, doing is living his best life right now. You know I think that on a number of levels. Where would you go on these prop bets, Kev? Yeah, I, I think if you're going to go strictly to game one, and then we can probably yeah, have game a little one. bit of time to, to hit the full the full scope. Yeah, for game one, yeah. But I think the LeBron points pu uh, plus assists 
is probably an area that I'm going to want to play in. I'll just pull him up individually. So it's eight and a half for his assists. Uh, and then you take a look at the point side of the coin and it's 28 and a half. So it's probably going to be a number posted at 37 and a half. That's usually how they'll price him. Add it up, slap an extra hook on. Yeah. And I think that because I mentioned that LeBron might want to try and average 13 assists a game to right, average the a triple double for the postseason. He's also, look, he's been diming more and more. This is a series that I don't have a great feel for yet about how much. Dwight JaVale right. we see versus how much Markeith Morris we see. It all might just depend on how many minutes Bam Adebayo can play and foul trouble in that regard. Yeah. And that's a whole nother, like, can Kelly Olenek get minutes? Is Myers Leonard going to be forced back into the rotation for this team? But whether – I just think it's a good spot to take LeBron's points plus assists because whether he's in attack mode or whether he's in dish mode, you've got both sides of the coin there. It's the NBA Finals. I wouldn't want to leave the points at home, but he's been diming so much. I wouldn't want to leave that. I think points plus assists for him is great. You know, you kind of mentioned some of these other guys from Miami. Heroes at 15.5. Duncan's at 11.5. These are guys that, you know, pretty consistently are going to at least get the minutes and the attempts (laughs) to give you a shot. Even Jay Crowder's at 11.5. If you think the regression stick is now going to come the other side of this coin, he might be due for a big game in that regard. And I'll throw you another one here, man. Like, And we can kind of, like, the players' futures odds for NBA Finals MVP, right? Yeah. LeBron's a ridiculous. LeBron's a ridiculous minus, minus 165. I don't think I can do that. I can't that bet yet. that. No, I can't bet okay. that either. And that's, I got that's a guy I want to ask you about. I, mean, I, I, don't, I wonder if it's going to be the same guy that I'm going to talk about. It's Goran okay. Dragic. Okay. Goran wow, Dragic at 20 to 1. <laughs> Here's why, though. So LeBron had a mm-hmm. year where he won a title. Had they lost the finals, MVP would have been Danny Green. Then when they came back from 3 1 against the Dubs, it would have been Draymond Green. It's this odd game mm-hmm. where like, if you want to beat LeBron, your stars have to be your yep. stars, but you also need this outlier performance yep. that nobody yep. could have ever seen coming. And yep. my thing is like, Duncan's an outrageous number, but like that's not going to happen. And I'm conflicted on if there's value on Hero because of the last series and at 30 to right. 1. Like, I don't know what to do there. But Gorin has to be great for Miami to have a chance. And can his counting stats look maybe a little bit better than mm. Jimmy and Bam, who are getting the job done on the other side of the court so much? Right. Maybe. So, uh, interesting, because I was thinking, like you, remember that one finals with Golden State where Andre Godala was actually the finals MVP? Right. right? Kawhi and wanted averaging, that, like, so... 17 a game. Once. No, I hear you. I hear you, right? And when we were both looking at this market, I, we were very close. I was looking at him. I was looking at Bam at 9-1, oh, to one, yeah. Kev, for, for similar reasons, right? And you talked about this. You don't know. He may be on AD. He may be on LeBron. In the universe where Miami wins the title. Right. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, and Bam went for what, 34 and 11 at one point. Also, I think there's going to be so much. I think it could be a Bam coming out party on two sides. And part of that might be what he does versus a LeBron. So I thought Bam was an Mm -hmm. interesting idea in that universe at nine to one, because I think Bam is created in a lab for the 2020 NBA. Here's (laughs) another question I want to ask you. And if we had to bleed into the next segment, say la V, you know, you talked about your fandom here, right, for both teams. Mm on some level um 
Is there anything, obviously, the fact that LeBron is against this former team, Pat Riley against the former team also, by the way, but yeah. the former team aspect of it, you consider Eric Spolstra one of the best coaches in the NBA, right? Yep. We talk about things like, oh, when Matt Patricia's playing Bill Belichick from the tree, do they know what Belichick wants to do? Do they have the book on him? How plausible is it? Kev, that Eric Spolstra knows how to slow LeBron more than any other coach he would ever face. How plausible is it that Pat Riley knows what motivates LeBron, whether it's the triple-double or not? How plausible is it that Miami has a book and Spolstra has a book on LeBron? It's a fair question. Spolstra, though, hasn't coached him in, you know, over half a decade. And I think LeBron, I mean... LeBron led the NBA in assists this year, right? Like, the game is ever-evolving. And your approach, if you think that you're going to just take the ball out of his hands, is something he's kind of done this year, and he's gotten other guys involved. I also might give you a a little bit of a, of a silly answer, but, like, is there such book? Does that book exist? I have yet to see that book. I don't know if that book is is available. But I know Spolstra's right. going to make it tough on him. I promise But if you someone that. has it, could it not be Eric Spolstra? I mean, <laughs> like, to be fair, right? we... Once Budenholzer was eliminated, I mean, it was either Brad Stevens, Nick Nurse, or Spolster. Like, it was always going to be a great okay. head coach on the other side of this coin. And and this could work, and quickly we can hit it maybe on the other side. Just yeah. the LeBron series point average. I think it's a pretty interesting market that they're giving us there. All right, we'll talk about this because there is some familiarity here, and I wonder the impact of that as we move along the series. But game one tips off tonight. There'll be no shortage of things to watch for the next couple of days here in the sports world. We'll come back with more here on the early line. But the news update with Chris Welsh is up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hello, I'm Dr. David Chow, a.k.a. Pro Football Doc. I spent 17 years on an NFL sideline with the Chargers as a head team position, and I can tell you teams don't want to tell you the whole story. That's where I come in. I know what they're trying to tell you and trying not to tell you. I know how to assess injuries and how it will impact players and teams that week. Come check out ProFootballDoc.com. You can't make a bet or set a fantasy lineup without coming to consult with us at ProFootballDoc.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here onto the early line, giving you the edge on Sports Grid. We also welcome back our radio audience from around the country. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh hooking you up, especially out there on the West Coast, the mightier 1090. And out there, they are all about the Lakers and game one of the NBA finals against the Miami Heat. There's a couple of other markets to briefly touch on here, Kev, you know, because our friends and partners at FanDuel are asking, who do we think in the finals? This is different, I guess, than the MVP, right? Um, mm -hmm. Who will be the top point scorer, the top assists getter, and the top rebounds getter of the NBA Finals. My knee-jerk reaction, tell me how crazy I am, uh, Kev, is I think Jimmy Butler for points because AD and LeBron might split it for assists. That's where I think LeBron could be the answer. And then for rebounds, give me Bam Adebayo because I've seen Anthony Davis be, you know, inconsistent at best on the boards. Mm. 
So these are really fun markets. Unfortunately, though, I don't think there's any reason to be playing top point score unless you do the what you're doing, which is taking a Heat player, incredible value there. Though, I think it's hard to stop AD and LeBron because you can get better numbers on both AD and LeBron to be the game one top point scorer of the game. Gotcha. So I'd rather just took, take them to be the top point scorer of game number one. Most assists, it's going to be LeBron, but it's minus 440. It's an outrageous number. Don't Do right. not lay that. You want to swing on Rondo, who weirdly might average 10 assists? No problem there. The rebounds number, I think it's one of two people, but it's not Anthony Davis. It's either Bam or it's LeBron. Okay. LeBron's average double-digit rebounds in all three series. Anthony Davis actually only did it in one of the first three right. series. And we all know the rebound numbers were very short against Denver. And that's kind of the thing with LeBron. We get into the finals now. The minutes uptick that we've been wondering, if it comes, if he's playing 40 a night, that's when he starts grabbing 13 boards a game. So at plus 285, I don't think that's a bad way to look at it. And then just finally here, the LeBron series points average, it's 28 and a half. This is a spot where he has a points total of 28 and a half in game number one. I shade this to the over. You only need one or two explosive games to where this thing feels like it can sail. You're always going to be, I feel like, in the mix for yeah. this over. He went over this number in the last four finals he's played in, all of those being against the Golden State Warriors. As he gets to the finals, everything just takes an uptick. Though I will say, fair counters are, this is more pass first than he's ever been. And, you know, with the nature of his minutes, maybe there's not going to be this wild, necessary burst for him to place 40-some-odd minutes, but... I'd lean towards the over on that market. All right, no problem. Yeah, I'm on the BAM for the rebounds because I think he's the guy for Miami as opposed to this, you know, uh, big lineup where we don't know how much McGee, how much Howard, how much Morris, how much AD, right? So that one is intriguing to me. And, you know, Jimmy Butler, it's, it's I worry about it's 17 to for one. BAM. But That's I'm my talking about the points one. The points one for oh, Jimmy yeah, Butler yeah, yeah. is 17 yeah, to yeah, yeah. 1, Kev. And I mean, like... Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't think, listen, fundamentally, the Lakers are not going to run away and blow this team out. I really don't believe that's going to happen. The Heat's defense is too good. And then in the fourth quarter, mm -hmm. they're going to give the ball to Jimmy Butler, right? So, like, you know, I, I, I see Butler as the, yes, yes. Will they Duncan, didn't do it Duncan last Robinson series. and Tyler Hero, they get, they get buckets in the flow of the offense when the ball is moving, right? When it comes down to the end, sometimes they give Jimmy Butler the ball and they're like, dribble for 18 seconds and then go get a bucket. Hmm. Sure. And I think but sometimes they don't do we that get to the Duncan fourth Robinson. quarter and he's got 14 points going into the yeah, fourth quarter. Yeah, that's fair. But that's look, I can't fair. argue it's 17 to 1. But in the series, right? And in the series, though, Butler is the consistent one. Duncan Robinson's going to have a game. Tyler Hero's going to have a game. But if you have to look at this, like, in cumulative for the entire series, I think 17 to 1 is good value. We do have to move on, though, Kev. Well, mm -hmm. plenty to discuss in the NBA Finals. But, you know, it's not usually we have this going on with eight baseball games going on. And also, yeah. honestly, guys... We have headline news in the NFL, okay? Different people will view this differently. How much of a threat this is, what the NFL should do in response, and all of that. We're not talking about that right here, right now, okay? We knew at some point...
The NFL was going to have a scare. That's why they built in all that schedule flexibility with the bye weeks and talking to Tampa Bay about potentially moving the Super Bowl. And Kev, it is week four, and here we are. We are a quarter of the way through the season, and after the testing that happened after, you know, week three games, three members of the Tennessee Titans and five members of their staff have tested positive for COVID. This came out right after we were done yesterday, Kev, right? And the news started flowing. The Titans shutting down their team facility until Saturday. The Minnesota Vikings also doing the same because the Titans played the Vikings yesterday. You know, those they were sweating and breathing all over each other for three and a half hours on Sunday. Now with these people who have tested positive. And then you also have to think about, you know, the Titans play the Steelers this week. What about them? The Vikings play the Texans this week. What about them in terms of travel? What about competitive advantage? This story is going to continue to move, but we have our first scare in the NFL, Kev. Yeah, this is a real big moment here. Um, If the Titans and the Vikings, as of Saturday, are with no new positive tests, well, that's great news. And I think it's then reasonable to say they should go out there and play those games. I, you know, the Vite, like it's, so it's three players and five personnel members on the Titans, right? The question is almost always going to be the when, right? And, you know, for those three players, how many Vikings did they come in contact with? Okay, well then how many Vikings did those Vikings come in contact with? But also, how is it only three Titans players? Like, how do they not come in more contact with the Listen, when we like, had this with St. Louis, Kev, when we had this with Miami, right. right, it was like two, and then the next day it was like seven, yep. and then the next day it was like 17. So can we right. literally in hours hear that, oh, yeah, four of the Vikings are yeah. also positive, another eight of the Titans? We might, but we might not. Also, it's 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 so up in the air. Yeah. No, it is. And, and this is where we're just going to have to wait and see how – this all develops. I hope that we get to a point where we're just trying to figure out how much of a disadvantage, the lack of practice, the Vikings right. and the Titans are going to get is going to. By the way, like if we do get to that point, like that's a very, very big issue for a Vikings team yeah. that's trying not to go to zero and four, and a Titans team that's playing up against the Pittsburgh Steelers squad as they both enter three and zero into that game. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's secondary right now to these COVID tests. But that's like a whole nother aspect of this. The contingency plan of them playing the game on Monday, right. I almost feel like they should just lock that in now, right? If there's not meant to be fans there anyway, then what's the point? And right. listen, people like Monday night doubleheaders as is, so... Figure it out. Figure who gets the game. I don't. That's a weird thing. Is I don't know if I might get broadcasted. I don't. I don't know how they're gonna sort all of sure, that. Sure, sure. But like that's to me. I I think where we're at here, they have to be as cautious as possible. So wait, let me ask you something. Because that's my uh, next question. Do you do you have faith that they will be as cautious as possible? Because I have seen already yesterday, Kev, a difference. In the way this is being talked about versus, say, Major League Baseball versus other sports. Like, in Major League Baseball, when someone tested positive, they would just shut down. 
Right? They were just shut down. It wasn't this, like, let's hold open the door of possibility that, hey, maybe it's only three players and we could still get this game in. There was never, when it was the St. Louis Cardinals still, like, one or two players, it was never like, oh, let's just, you know, put these three guys to the side and proceed. It still seems like we're talking about that in the NFL like it's a possibility. Isn't it just, whoa, we got to shut it down? It doesn't – it seems like it's playing out differently. It seems like the NFL is almost pushing us – to play more than I felt from Major League Baseball. I, I disagree. Um, okay, tell me why. If if the Marlins let's if the Marlins right had that outbreak and then the next scheduled game wasn't a week away, we would have said let's see what things look like as the week progresses. That's the big difference here. If the if the Titans and the Vikings next game was supposed to then be on Monday, they wouldn't have played Monday, nor Tuesday, nor Wednesday. And so really, if you think this was a Thursday night football if the Titans were on Thursday night football this week, you think they yeah. would have canceled it already or they would have like waited for the test today? Okay. I don't know. Okay. That's I, fair. I, I can't pretend to, to say that I know the answer. That's fair. But that's the big, that's the difference between baseball and the NFL here. In a week span, it's one game to the next game. In a week span, Major League Baseball, they, pro- they probably had seven games plotted out over that. So you think the time is like what gives them the window to like try to see if it is. All right. So we are going to learn a lot today from fantasy standpoint, though. Are you going to like, are you going to try to plan accordingly now? You know, if you have a Derrick Henry, if you have a James Conner, if you have a, you know, uh, a Corey Davis, a John O. Smith, a Juju Smith-Schuster, are you hitting the waiver wire today with the assumption that all of a sudden the Steelers have a week four bye? Yeah, I mean, that's a weird, it's a weird spot. I I would think you just go to your bench depth in there because you're going to have to drop people then, right? Right, and that's the decision you have to make. Right, not gonna right. Drop or any of these not necessarily drop like Juju, right? Not to, but if you all of a sudden have new buys that come online at a moment's notice, might you have to drop the last player on your bench to get someone who you know you need to use in the scenario where some of these games come off the board? I mean, FanDuel did in fact take the Titans Steelers game off the board yeah. yesterday, right? So not like dropping James Conner. Right. But understanding that you may need to drop someone else on your bench to get a guy who you can more trust will be available for week four. Yeah, I mean, right. Like, I know, yeah, there's some people out there that do like stashes of players that they hope, you know, months yeah. from now. In a dynasty a league, let's say. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, man, like fantasy football in this spot here is like there's so much more. at So state. if you're a manager, I, are you assuming and managing as though this game will not happen or that it will? It just depends on your roster. It really does. All right. So try and get ahead of it. We will continue to see the results of this testing throughout the next, I don't know, 24, 48 hours. And we'll tell you about it for sure. We'll be back after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, welcome back, everybody, right here onto the early line, giving you the edge on Sports Grid. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh trying to give you all the information you need to be profitable on this Wednesday, September 30th. Can you believe it is almost October already, Kev? It really feels like we were, like, in the throes of a shutdown only, like, I don't know, weeks ago, right? And now all of a sudden we've gotten champions being crowned in almost every sport. Um <laughs> 
I don't think the Denver Broncos or the New York Jets are going to be crowned anything um, anytime soon, right? But they are the two teams that are playing tomorrow on Thursday night football. But the Denver Broncos made news. Remember last week, Jeff Driscoll got the start against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He looked like a dumpster fire. They made the move to Brett Rippon. And, you know, Fangio is saying that's where they're sticking. This was interesting after the Drew Locke injury, right? They bring in Blake Bortles. They have Driscoll. They go into Rippon, though. And, and, Kev, I'm all about, you know, making jokes on the New York Jets, right? We've talked about this all the time. You like to make jokes about the New York Jets, my fandom, Adam Gaze, and it's warranted. But, Kev, with Brett Rippon, the third quarterback of the Denver Broncos, in emergency duty, on a short week, traveling on the road to the New York Jets— Rippon and the Denver Broncos are still laying a point and a half. Talk to me about this switch and if it changes your thought on Thursday Night Football tomorrow at all. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> here's right? The thing. I mean, come on. Um, at some no, point, right, the Jets are home is, dogs on Thursday Night Football, and this is QB3 coming in. Come on. But the issue is it's not Brett Rippian. Denver was laying three on the road with Jeff Driscoll at quarterback. That's where the initial issue comes. To be honest with you, Jeff Driscoll, Brett Rippian, I ain't moving a line. I'm not moving a line. The mistake was Denver lane three on the road with Jeff Driscoll. That would be the issue that I that that where I would be annoyed. What world? Jeff Driscoll's worth a point and a half more than Brett Rippian? It moved the point no. and a half. Like, yeah, it did. And I honestly think that's a situation though where people saw a quarterback change and were yeah, like, oh, I awesome, it. I'm beating him, I'm beating, and it got slammed. But like. Why were you not taking the Jets plus three when Jeff Driscoll was the quarterback? Oh, I, I can't imagine. No, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm rhetorically. The, the, of course. Right? Like, the, what are we doing here? It was Jeff Driscoll. I, I'm, I'm more excited I, about Brett Rippian. Okay. Let me ask you this then, okay? Because I have, is this better or worse for some of the Denver skilled players, right? I mean, guys like Jerry Judy, guys like Noah Fant, guys like Melvin Gordon, guys like KJ Hamler, who I was talking about last week as a waiver wire diamond. Is this, like, that offense under Driscoll against Tampa Bay looked like dog poo. It almost makes me feel like you could get an uptick in perception for some of these guys making the move to QB3. So... Uh, last night on In Game Live, as I said to you, right, it was just it was a dry night, so we started talking about yeah. Thursday night football. And yes, I'm going to take credit for this. Uh, we started to talk about how everybody thinks this is just going to be the worst game of all time. Nobody's going to score. Nobody's going to move the ball. It's going to be three nothing. Our graphics guy Steve was showing us alternative bets of taking a total below like nine and a half. Now that I respect because that's a bold move. But also, like <laughs> both these defenses stink. So last night. We, there were five yardage props on the board, right? And I was like, just take all of them over, right? And we're hitting all them one by one by one by one. We were able to get three of them to add three yards. Judy's receiving yards is now up to 52 and a half. For a number one receiver, that's still low against the Jets' defense, especially if you think they might be throwing. Noah Fant, who might actually be their number one target, is 44 and a half. It was 41 and a half. That moved three yards. And let's just make the point now, okay? Frank Gore's rushing yards is 51 and a half. It was 48 and a half. Frank Gore has gone over that number each of the two games that he's been the starting quarterback. Frank Gore somehow did that in monstrously negative game scripts. They're not playing a bad Denver team. 
God forbid they might actually be in front. 51 and Ooh. a half? Give me the alt line here, Frank Gore, for 100 yards rushing. Like, I just think 51 Ooh. and a half, it's going to keep moving. It really is. He's the lead back against the bad Denver team. Like, we're, And look, we'll break down Thursday Night Football tomorrow. Yeah. But since we're talking about it, I just think that this is a game where, you know, you mentioned watch for the hook. Like, the one and a half mm-hmm. is super weird because it's minus one away on both sides. But the 39 and a half last night was 40 on the total. And I think this might be a total that keeps bouncing back and forth as people deal with Ripian versus Darnold and Jets defense yeah. versus Broncos defense. I will make the point. Remember last week how we were talking about, damn, Braxton Berrios as the number one wideout for the Jets? That may improve, okay, because guys like Crowder and Perryman, at least Crowder was limited in practice, so they may get some of those weapons back for Sammy D on the week at home as still somehow home dogs. That was obviously the biggest news, you know, kind of a switch there at quarterback in Denver. I think we may have a new starter in Los Angeles as well when it comes to the Rams and it comes to the running back room. Daryl Henderson Jr. looks like he's going to be the starter moving forward. Remember, now that Cam Akers got banged out, there was this kind of conglomerate. We talked about the veteran Malcolm Brown. But, but Kev, you know, you were down on Henderson. It's now been two weeks where he has looked decent in his duty. Is Henderson potentially seizing the brass ring in the Rams running back room? Right. I mean, and that's the thing is everything changes with injury, right? Yeah. Like, I didn't. Like, I didn't think much of the Jonathan Taylor outlook. And while Marlon Mack was healthy for a quarter, that was the right way to think about it. And then Marlon Mack got hurt, right? So this is a spot here where week one, Henderson, clearly the third back on the team, right? Clearly the third back. But then we saw Malcolm Brown get a little banged up. We saw Cam Akers obviously miss the game. And Henderson walks away with 20 carries. Now, do I think... I would rather, if the Rams are going to play the Giants, right? Great game script. They should be in front. Maybe Henderson has a monster day. Might I try and sell high before the Cam Akers return? think so. All right. Fair enough. I know you have been kind of on the side of Cam Akers there. At some point, though, Kev, right? Like if Henderson puts on tape and in the stat box, you know, like three or four weeks where it looks like he can handle that role, it may be tougher for Akers to get back. But that remains to be seen. They've got the New York football giants uh, in week four. You know, one other injury that I do want to talk about is Chris Godwin. It's been a shame. It's been hard for him to be on the field. He's had a hamstring and a concussion. And now they are saying he could, because of that hamstring injury, miss multiple games. You see it right there. This Bucks offense, listen, had Mike Evans dealing with a hamstring. You have Godwin now, who had the concussion, and now a hamstring. Scotty Miller, who many people have talked about as a little pivot in the slot. Um, he got banged up as well. At what point do you think these little bumps and bruises will have an impact on the Tampa Bay offense, which is, you know, trying to get them familiar with itself under elite game manager Tom? Brady yeah and you ooh, a little a little Tom because I don't know if, I don't know if that's a shot I don't know I don't even want to say that <laughs> no, it's um, a good thing actually that he's a game manager right that's what he's being asked to do instead of what you know Jameis Winston was doing in Tampa they always said if he controlled the ball didn't give it up they have the weapons they have an emerging defense that's all they need him to do 
Unfortunately for Chris Godwin, he's going to miss this week. Then they play Thursday night football, so the short week won't leave much room for him to be back on the field for that. They then follow that up playing the Green Bay Packers, who will be coming off of their bye. So that's going to be a monster game between those two teams, especially if both teams are handling business accordingly going into that matchup there. So they're going to want to have him back. The Chargers, by the way, like some injury news, Harris Jr. got banged up and is headed to mm-hmm. the IR. So, oddly enough, right, like this would have been on paper, Hayward, Harris, Evans, Godwin, well, both sides losing, you know, one of their top yeah. guys there. And it's a shame. And I think what's really interesting, though, is for me, Godwin very clearly does seem to be like the guy that would get the the targets if he was actually out there at what point does his lack of availability start to cost him precious reps and building that rapport with tom and i think what you mentioned here i'm with you and it's even a higher leverage issue because it's all new right so someone else could in fact get that kind of reps build that kind of trust with tom brady in the absence of him being able to do it with godman could that be a guy like oj howard could that be miller if he is out there remember mike evans gets those one yard fades for touchdowns could he get targeted a little bit more as well i bring up the godwin injury because it is also an example kev of a game where you got to watch out for the hook, all right? As I look at these Tampa Bay Buccaneers who host the Chargers, right? And that's a uh, an early game. So it's the Chargers flying west to east, right? For that 1 o'clock start and putting the rookie Justin Herbert in a situation against the Todd Bowles defense. This is 7.5. We've also got juice at minus 130, Kev, in this one. So if you're watching for the hook, watch carefully. It may continue to move. That's one of these games that I think, you know, we talk about it every week, Kev. If you want to get it, maybe get it now. There's some other games that are right around these key numbers, right? Cardinals, Panthers, three and the hook. I mentioned the Tampa Bay one. I mean, Vikings, Texans, we don't even know if that's going to be played. Your Philadelphia Eagles just under a touchdown still. I believe that's a primetime game. And then listen, Miami is a home dog in this one. Seattle with literally the longest fight possible in the NFL going from Seattle all the way down to South FLA. Are any of these games one where you're watching for the hook and you want to get it now? Well, the Eagles Niners one is is the one that we should certainly talk about because Dana opened at five and a half. Mm. So we've now, as I would say, right, if a, oh, if a game sits on six it's, and a it's half. up to seven, it's up to seven. The movement has continued. It literally just moved this morning or before last last check. The Niners oh, are now laying open. a full seven. Yeah, no, it's it's been seven since since yesterday. But it opened at five and a half, like when all of the week one game or the week three games are kind of coming to a close. So, but six and a half to seven would be a watch for the hook. Yeah. But it's minus one ten both ways here. It and you you just said it's a prime time game. How far can this thing really go? You know, we've seen this with the book. There are times that they really don't want to have to move, right? We saw it with the Ravens and the Chiefs yeah. game, but they got forced to move to three and a half off of three. Clearly, in the Bucks chargers game, they don't want to go down from seven and a half to seven. As we get closer to this primetime game here, and people say the Eagles will never win another game, and the Niners are healthy, and the Niners are going to run them out of the building, and that all might be true, 
but does this get to seven and a hook? Uh, you know, that is interesting. I think you make a good point also, Kev, about it being the Sunday night game that's known out there in the desert, you know, as like getaway game and getaway time. It's the last end of parlays, you know, for the day and people who may who lost money throughout the day sometimes start chasing the dragon and try to get it all back on this one. So I wouldn't be surprised if the hook appears. I'll also say this, Kev, you know how big I am a lot on like West Coast flying to East for the one o'clock start. The reverse is also true. When East Coast teams go west for primetime late night games the body clock is also um you know usually messed up in a different way the eagles in this game though as we know will not have dallas goddard uh kevin it looks like you know he actually fractured his ankle he's gonna be out for multiple weeks i know you've talked about the mass unit that is philly greg ward jr is someone to be depended on but it sucks i thought dallas goddard was in for an emerging ascending season yeah too bad he plays for the Eagles. It's just, but it's not just a joke, man. They're so banged up. How yeah. are they so banged up after last year? How? This is ridiculous, man. Three starters on the offensive line. Four of the top five pass catchers injured. Two starting corners leave. Yeah. It's just it's Garbage. It's going to be up Such to Miles garbage. Sanders, Zach Ertz, and I guess Greg Ward Jr. as the Philadelphia Eagles go into the Bay. John Hightower. On the 49ers. We'll tie a nice, neat little bow on this episode of The Early Line when we come back right here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back here, everybody, to the early line right here, giving you the edge on sports grid. Kev, we're in a very busy time of sports, right? You know, we just crowned the Stanley Cup champion. We have eight baseball games today, game one of the NBA Finals. And, you know, high leverage information that we are looking at in the NFL today, especially in Minnesota and Tennessee. But when I see eight baseball games, I want to ask you, where are you going today? There's so many options. I'm very intrigued by the Bauer-Freed matchup. I'm very intrigued to see if the Dodgers just, you know, plant a flag and score 12 runs, you know, kind of like the Yankees did. I'm very intrigued to see if any of the teams who lost yesterday bounce back and force a game three what are you looking at today in major league baseball so by the way since we've been doing this show money's coming in on the reds it's down to plus hey. 110 the braves are down to minus 126 it looks like hey. i'm gonna have to hold off on my uh post-show nap to wait until as late as possible <laughs> let all the reds money come in the, the here's the thing though dan i can tell you this with with absolute certainty that the bet i know i make is the dodgers in two that's the one that right. I know I make. And I've, I've said this to you a lot. For me, it, it, like I, I wait for things to get closer and closer and closer until I feel comfortable, conviction. And I even if I like something, I might not want to bet. Like I actually didn't put money down on the Yankees last night. There was enough at, at mm-hmm. stake anyway, right? Emotionally invested. I didn't need to. Sure, sure, sure. But I know that I will be betting the Dodgers at plus 110 to win the series in two. Unless I end up somehow waiting too long, and then all of a sudden it's like minus 110, and I'm going to be annoyed at the line movement. But that's my absolute favorite one on the board. 
All right, fair enough. I have a feeling today that, like, you know, Toronto, you mentioned it, right? They were in that game, you know, but now even with Hinging Ryu on the mound for them, I wonder if, you know, they kind of gave their best shot and then Tampa really shows them what's going on today. I might be okay even playing Tampa on the run line and get Tampa Ooh. at plus 156 on the run line because maybe Toronto is just done and Glasnow puts them in the books today. That might be somewhere I go. You know I like the Padres. You know I like Trevor Bauer as well. I also think the Dodgers are going to put forth an offensive explosion. The over in that one seems interesting to me. We will talk about it all tomorrow all the baseball games what happened in game one of the nba finals a thursday night football game to preview we'll find out what's going on with the titans and the vikings and we'll even have our guy jay the sports keg ceo because there's some intriguing value on an mma card we're trying to help you win money the morning after is up next have a great day everybody SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.